Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Down here in the Rugby Dungeon, wishing you a very happy new year. As always, to my left is Philip. Hello, Philip. Hello, JB. And our roving reporter out there with his mic in all weathers, including the wind in Sunday Park, it's Tim. How are you, Tim? Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Happy new year, mate. And to you, gentlemen. Sorry I can't be with you in person, but there you go. Well, I mean, you're doing important things. Like, like... my, my, My other job currently. (laughs) <laughs> oh really Pre- pre-recording mate pre-recording um, uh, no comment no comment <laughs> uh so by the way congratulations uh you successfully managed to put off johnny may uh under some high balls uh so <laughs> you could get your 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 extra results well done what, what do you mean what are you talking about last uh last week you may have mentioned that you shouldn't predict games that you that you're working at in case you get it in case you get it right yes you're quite right you're quite right um, yeah, that was a baptism of fire for Johnny May in the fullback jersey, wasn't it? Crikey! Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not not the easiest place I imagine to play fullback with that wind. Obviously, we couldn't. We we only got a sense of it from the way the ball was moving and from uh, commentary. How bad was it? Uh, well, I, I put it, it was it was that bad that Johnny May did pretty well. Yeah, uh, did it. Well, all right. I'm going to tell you something about Johnny May and the team selection in a second. Before I do that, please make sure you follow us on Acast. You can just subscribe there. You can leave us reviews on iTunes. Find us on Twitter, at Ruby Podcast, or on the Instagram, which is... Uh, Egg Chasers Rugby. There we go. And there's also a Facebook page. Go and have a look, yeah. look on there, too. Right, so, yes, um, the Johnny May selection. Do you not think it was it was bizarre? Uh, well, uh, Matthew Tate's back stiffened up on the bus down from Leicester to Exeter. Oh, really? No, it didn't. <laughs> the day before. No, it didn't. Why? What? It's what a... do you know? Nonsense, mate. That it did not happen. Uh, I, I, as I understand it, uh, Matt Tate was actually to blame for a couple of the tries that they conceded last week against Saracens. Or at least he he got the blame for it. Uh, John, Johnny May was always going to going to start fullback, which I think is. A very bizarre place to be. Really? Really. It's an interesting selection. Whichever way round it is, it's an interesting selection to put Johnny May at fullback. Well, they they did have the number 15 May jersey ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Believe you me, this is... So, the weird thing is about the whole Matt O'Connor team selection thing is that he trusts his starting 
15 a lot. So if you've already played, you've got his trust. If you've not already played, you probably don't. Which is strange because you would have thought, wouldn't you, for fullback position, if you're going to drop Matthew Tate, you'd probably look at someone like George Worth. I don't know. Well, I... yeah, I mean, who else is there? I mean, you've got Toulouse Viana. Yeah, who's out with a broken jaw. I guess back in the day they'd looked at Peter Beetham, perhaps. Yeah. He's a, he's a bit more utility. Yeah. They, they, they certainly wouldn't look at Johnny May. Yeah, the Johnny May does seem unusual. Yeah, so I, I don't know why they did it. I don't know what the, what the logic is. But I guess the other problem Le- Leicester have, and I've never thought of this before, is that all of their wingers really are just pure wingers. Yeah. I mean, Apart they, from Vianu, Vianu's the only one who does that dual role. Yeah, I mean, I think he's more of a fullback than a winger. I think I think he's, he's better yeah. at fullback. I think he's just so good that he can play yeah across across the park. But you know, uh, you have got Brady, you have got Thompson, you've got uh, Maloof. Maloof, you've got uh, May, and they are all out and out wingers. They don't have yeah. that the, kind the of versatility. No, nothing at all. Yeah, which is what. Wait, wait, wait. So, so go on, Phil. Well, I'm just going to say their opposition have got several players who can play across the position they've got out and out wingers like short and like woodburn but they've got uh lachlan turner they've got noel yeah. who can drop back and revert to it. and they've also experimented with slade playing there but maybe that wasn't the, maybe that's not the best option well i i think that highlights something really interesting doesn't it that you can't just throw anyone at fullback I mean, because people experiment with fly halves and you know occasionally get the old winger johnny may as tim pointed out i thought did all right particularly the first half he's okay he did. But you only need to mess up once. That's it. You get found out. It's yeah. That one mistake, that one lap- lapsing judgment or concentration or a bit of both, and you're found out, and it's try time. And is it our worst team to play against? <laughs> at, at Sandy Park. Oh. It's uh, a yeah, it, it disaster waiting to happen. I, I feel like we've gone a little bit deep quite early. Mm. Uh, where we, That's what we she said. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lube up the podcast a little bit. Um, oh, I, I, I'm again. just getting into my stride then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just just to sort of uh, let you know what's coming up on the podcast, I suppose um, we're going to have to talk about the the England training squad, which has been announced, which is the, yes. the final England squad that will be named before the Six Nations, with some very eyebrow raising selections um, and omissions. And um, also, in addition to that, our, our wonderful listeners, thank you very much, have been tweeting in some alternative rugby New Year's honours, which I'm looking forward to sharing with you both All right. uh, in a little bit. Excellent. As is anything from, from the listeners. Oh, always. Always. Always is. Um, right. I was going to carry on with my Matt O'Connor stuff, but actually, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not going to. You've seen him two weeks on, in, the, in a row now, Tim. Yeah. Now, are you detecting uh, anything which maybe we, we're not seeing? Sorry, say again. Are you detecting anything that we're not seeing? You know, when you're interviewing him, is his mood changing? Is his, is, you know, how is his attitude? You know, how how are things there? Um, uh, no, nothing's nothing's really changing. He's he seems he's he's magnanimous when he loses, gives credit to his opponents, says what you'd expect him to say we need to get better we were disappointed with this this isn't so no i i i think it is chipping away ever so slightly and you could you could sort of tell that i i think i asked him you know is it is it getting harder and harder to to pick your players up he said well yeah of course it's taking its toll mm. but um but you know this is an experienced bunch of guys so we're looking forward to getting back at it again so 
no, I'm not really picking up anything. And it's the last three weeks I've um I've been working at Leicester games. Oh. Munster, Saracens, and Exeter. Three tough, tough matches. So it is yeah. and half, important to remember half of their losing streak. The last three games have been those. Well, Munster twice, Saracens, and Exeter. Yeah, that is true. So they are not easy games, are they? They're not easy games, but this is Leicester Tigers. This is, even though they've not won the thing for God knows how long, they've never missed the playoffs, and they are still the premier club in England. I don't care what anyone says. This is the largest, they're the biggest biggest, supported, influential club in England. Yeah, certainly the the biggest supported, and thereby should have the most money. Yeah, well, I mean they do. Yeah, most available funds Uh, and and biggest star power, uh, like drawing power to get talent there. Even though I think this is the worst run of results I've had in 16 years now, I think. I think that's right. Now, even... uh, worst run of results in 52 years. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, so a little bit worse than I thought, right? <laughs> right. So with it being that bad, do you think it actually is that bad? Or do you think this is part of the process and the rebuilding process? Are you seeing anything positive from what's happening? Uh, well, I mean, they're Toulouse Vianu away from an amazing backline, but you look at look at the difference between an Austin Healy to to give him props. I'm only regurgitating what he highlighted. Gareth Steenson, you see when he plays, he's got such a dominant pack to play behind that he plays on the front foot and gets up in the faces of the defenders before he gives the mm. ball. Whereas George Ford, who's normally brilliant at doing that, and when he plays for England, he does that. He's not. He's sitting back more and just distributing rather than drawing in any defenders because they haven't got the forward platform. So it's pretty simple stuff, really. They just, just at the stuff we've been saying all along, Sione Calamaphone was, was a decent signing, but that, he's not enough. He's not going to be a Billy Van Apola or no. a Nathan Hughes. Not not even close, particularly if he's <laughs> behind a pack that is going backwards. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not really not, going backwards, They're not going... Some of their scrummaging is exceptional. Yeah. So I actually think they've got building blocks... And it's almost like they've solidified them, and now they're going to turn to other things. And I hope that's the case. Because if it is, you can actually say it's relatively positive. I mean, they can scrimmage as well as anyone in the Premiership at the moment. Yeah. Well, they, they dominated Saracens. Yeah. George, uh, George Ford. When, the, when those boys start playing, they look very nice. And I think I've solved the back row issue, which is they just want those boys to carry and do nothing nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you know what I, I'm going I'm to say as well? I... I, I Austin Healy's analysis of Leicester, I think, is out absolutely outstanding. And if, if you just want to go back and watch the pre-match of, mm. uh, of, of Leicester v Exeter, the half an hour before, and you just it, it's a brilliant insight. I've got to give him total credit because uh, he also highlighted, I think it was in the game actually, he said, you've spent, you've, you've, your big money men are 10 and 12. Yes, I heard and that. As a result, there's, not enough, there's not enough responsibility being taken, so kind of everything's being left to go through them rather than roll up your sleeves do a Don Arm and take it off nine and cra- smash it over the game line. That, um, do you know what? That is a, such a good point that he made. I remember thinking that when he made it. Then I thought, like, what kind of character would it take? Who is who is there in the Premiership that would overrule a George Ford and a Tamua and run in that 10 channel? Who is it? Uh, Big Billy. Yeah, s- some of the Saracens. Maybe a... F- Scout, Scout Burger, Billy, you... Scout Brits. I mean, you've got to be a big... Gary Gray. Gary Graham, Gary, yeah, Gary Graham. Now you're talking. Yes, roll, <laughs> roll out the Gary Graham. <laughs> On that note, should we get into the England squad? Yeah, yes, let's do that. Right, I honestly think that's the first time Gary Graham has ever been mentioned on the Egg Chasers podcast. I am certain of it. 
Um, I am absolutely certain because I had to look up who is this guy. I actually text every everybody that I knew in rugby to find out who Gary Graham was. <laughs> I found two people that knew. <laughs> England's Gary Graham. England, England well, rugby yeah. open side flanker Gary Graham. Well, I can tell you now that after substantial research and looking into him, nobody knows who he is, including people in rugby. So if you have any information on Gary Graham, I want to hear it. I want to hear it now. <laughs> Uh, so he's the son of a former Scotland international. Okay. He himself has been Scotland under 20s. Um, he has travelled round a bit. Um, so he, he lived a long time in England. He played for Carlisle when he was younger. Played for Jersey for a couple of years and then got picked up by Newcastle this season. When did he play for Carlisle? Oh, I think this is when he was a kid. Okay. This is before playing Scotland under 20s. Oh, right. Um so last season he was playing the championship for Jersey. Yes. Yep. And this season he signed for Newcastle. And I was thinking because I, I know the Newcastle team and I I didn't recognize it and I've looked back and he's only really played in the um European Challenge Cup other I, apart from a handful of games in the Premiership. I believe he's got four caps something like that. So four four um for Newcastle, it's not much. Yeah, not not many at all. I would love... So, there is a conspiracy theory going around at the moment that England were very annoyed about other countries taking players from their academies. But that isn't, that isn't even the case here. He came from Jersey. This, uh, no, no, let's just recap. He was playing championship rugby yeah. for Jersey and he has, what, two premiership starts? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't... Uh, no, I would like to think, right, between the three of us, with the things that we know and the amount of rugby that we watched, if there was an individual out there who had two games for Newcastle, which were that good, it yeah. warranted <laughs> an England call-up, one of us would notice. Yeah. One of us, hey, did you see Gary Graham the other day? Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, did you see him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he'll, he'll be all right. So he did have an involvement in, do you remember the brilliant Newcastle try from their own 22 against, I can't remember who yeah. it was, maybe Bordeaux in the Challenge Cup. Bordeaux. Yeah, he had an involvement, as in he touched the ball. He, he received <laughs> received the pass and gave a pass and, and then cleared out. Other than that, I, I can't tell you much about his play at all. Right, so there's a couple of scenarios that are running through my mind at the moment. One of them is when Bobby Robson became a little bit senile and, and signed the wrong player. He signed <laughs> Carl Court instead of Jason Yules, I, I, I think it was. I think there is a chance that that, you know, that could be the scenario. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but unlikely. You'd like to think that Eddie Jones hasn't surrounded himself with so many yes-men. Yeah, 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 great boss, great. Yeah. The other one is maybe, you know, when when Eddie speaks and you know, when he does these things, sometimes they come off. Marcus Smith is a wonderful example. Who he picked up, he had him training with the squad. Yep. Uh, to get him a bit of experience and then he got his chance at Quinn's I mean, and has not looked back at all. No, he hasn't. And I mean, that was the same conversation. Marcus Hook, when do you, when do you say schoolboy rugby? Yeah. Three years ago. Training for for Brighton, Brighton School. <laughs> As a 15-year-old. In you get, so... so yeah. Crikey. Eddie, Eddie certainly knows things. Yeah, maybe he does. He's a, he's a contrarian, is is Eddie Jones, isn't he? Uh, it, 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 what's baffling is the, the juxtaposition between the incredible, some would argue, blind loyalty he shows to certain players mm. and the 
and the total disregard um, for like things like premiership appearances yeah. for other players. I mean, what does the, this... The, is it like both ends of the spectrum? James Haskell, yeah, you're back in. I know you've not really played very well. I know you're not really doing a lot and you're struggling to get into a wasp side, but you're, you're back in, mate. Yeah. Um, Don Ormond. I mean, that's one of the premier players in the entire premiership competition. And Gary Gray, I mean, what does it say to these other lads? Yeah. someone, Another one, Alex Good, who was in and around the squad for f- four or five years prior to Eddie Jones coming in. Yeah. Who's won two Champions Cups, uh, won several leagues, is a quality operator all round, but is seemingly nowhere near Eddie Jones' team. Well, I think Dan Robson. Yeah, Dan Robson is a great example. He's playing some quality rugby. Uh, he's a, he's a great option, but nowhere you, near the squad. It, but he was willing to drop in Jack Maunder and Stuart Townsend, where they they only they were playing well, but they only had a handful of Premiership appearances, and they both got uh, nodded into one squad. Amazing. Oops. What what? Like, again, there must be something that uh, we because we're you know not on a there must be a level that Eddie Jones is operating on that we can't attain. But what? What is James Haskell or Gary Graham doing that Don Armand isn't? What is Dylan Hartley doing what? that uh, other players aren't? Though, albeit he did have a very good autumn, so mate, he's got he's got credit in the bank there. But this whole credit in the bank thing looks farcical when you look at a, when you look at James Haskell, for example. Well, yeah. Okay. I, if I were Don Armand, I would be wounded. Yeah. I, I wonder if that is kind of part and parcel of what he's doing, which is how wound up can we get Don Armand so we can release this animal come to play <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, why else would you pick a guy as divisive as Hartley as your captain if it wasn't to get everyone as wound up as possible? You know, and that, you know, I mean, that in, in a positive way. And he has, so he's managed play as well, as in Dylan Hartley's discipline record now is significantly better than because it was. Because he doesn't play. <laughs> well, no, he actually is playing he now. He is playing now. He's, play, he's played quite a lot this season for Northampton. He's not playing well. well yeah. So this is <laughs> he's, a... he's not playing well at all for Northampton, and Northampton aren't playing well at all. But So can I link this tangentially, there, I said that completely wrong, then, to an, a point which I've been thinking of, and then we'll come back into it and talk about Beno Urbano, if that's okay with you boys. Yeah, yeah. So I'm starting to think, is... International rugby getting so isolated now from its club counterparts that we're starting to see players that just don't really, as Tim kind of point, pointed out, their premiership performances aren't really valued. So let me give you an example. From what I can see, the four home nations captains all are either not starting <laughs> or not winning or in bad teams. Yeah, rarely playing. Yeah. So is Laidlaw captain of Scotland? He isn't, is he? Uh well, he was injured for the Autumn Internationals. Is he the official captain? Sure, he he was prior to that, yeah. I mean, he's not starting at Clermont. No, he's injured right now, right. anyway. And I'm not sure he would. He wouldn't be He wouldn't be starting ahead of Para. No. And then you've got the Welsh scenario, where Sam Warburton actually stepped down, but even if he wasn't, hadn't stepped down, he doesn't play at Sorry, Sam Warburton and... OBE. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, Sam. Um, <laughs> and even when he does play, Cardiff is still at... I mean, this is the worst... The worst version of a Cardiff team probably ever to be put out. 
But uh, then you've got Alan well, Wynne Jones, who's not winning, and then you've got Rory Best. I mean, you'd yeah. expect the Irish to have a winning captain. Yeah, like not one of these captains is doing anything of note in in their, in their domestic leagues, and it does not matter one jot. And I think it's bizarre. Leadership is something. So, uh, yeah, the the not winning is is one thing actually. It's a different thing, but um, not playing well, like Dylan Hartley, is not as good a player all round as Jamie George is right no. now. Not not even close actually. But he does offer that leadership and the decision making, which few other players in that England team have either got the experience or the capability to do it. Agreed. Now, it, I, go on, well, it's only a couple of months ago and he had a very good series of games for England. So He did, you're right. Yeah, but I'm, willing, I'm willing to overlook him. Yeah, but just think about this, Tim, right? I was listening to an interview with Sam Warburton. And Sam Warburton, who I think is a you know, he's a generational type guy, um, although I have said before I want to see him do it at club level because I think that's important for his, you know, for his overall legacy. People did disagree with that. But Sam Warburton was saying at the end of the second test, he was talking to all the other boys and saying, hey, we want to feel like this again. You know, we're winners. We, we, we win constantly. Now, if you're Owen Farrell coming off the back of, you know, a European Cup, a European Cup the year before, and, and the Premiership. Yeah, and going to the playoffs and winning God knows how many games. I'm not saying you don't respect Sam Orbison because that's ridiculous. Everyone respects him. But you see, the point I'm trying to make is when these captains aren't in winning teams and they're saying, we are winners, like, well, what have you been doing all year? What has, what have Cardiff been doing all year? How about Ulster? What about Northampton? What have you been doing in Claremont? Yeah. You know, I, I just, it doesn't ring through. And that's kind of where I think I'm going with this. Back to your point, Tim, is why does the club competition not really matter so much? It, it seems not to for for certain positions. Mm. Uh yeah, it's a very good question. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, Ben O'Bono's in um, in the squad. Yeah. Uh, another interesting selection. Uh, oh, uh, Henry on. Thomas has uh, injury cover as well. There's a few players that are missing out on, on uh, the training. So, um, Henry Thomas and one jo- other jo- have been drafted. In- Joe Cock- Cock- and Joe. Yeah. Joe Cockensinger. Yeah. yeah. Did, did anyone see Joe Cockensinger play against Worcester? Oh, sorry. Uh, Worcester, no. I saw the extended highlights of the Newcastle game this weekend. Yeah, I, I kind of, a little bit of me says, I know he's been in a, an England training squad before, but I don't really care what he did against Worcester because he's only played a couple of games and mm. there's guys that should be above the pecking order, but they should be above Joe Cock and Asiga in the England pecking order on merit. A- agreed. For, for, now, again, this season, I, I, I cannot understand it. But no, I can't either. Eddie, so, against... He, he, uh, we keep excusing it, saying, well, and, and as long as Eddie Jones keeps on winning, he can do what he wants. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a very good point. He's lost one game in two years. Yeah, Joe, Joe Cock and a singer against Worcester looked hesitant. Um, he looked underpowered, which is weird for a guy who's, you know, six foot four. He did it. Uh, and 19 stone or whatever yeah. he is, 18 stone. He did stone. make one or two okay carries. But I was expecting, like, the next Julian Surveyor or maybe a mix between Julian Surveyor and. Um, Rico, um, Rico Yuani. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. Not even, not not even close to international. I'm not even sure at the moment he's Premiership standard. Yeah, he has only played a handful, like Tim said, a handful of Premiership games so far. But yeah, I've certainly not seen enough from Kokinasi. Yeah. Someone I have seen enough of is Ollie Woodburn. Yes, Ollie yes. Wood- Woodburn does so much work. He works so hard. 
in in all aspects. Mm. He cle- he's always there following breaks, and so he clears out a phenomenal number of rooks because of it. But when he gets ball in hand, he's electric, and yeah. he's, he's scored so many he's tries over the, over the past two he's seasons. Benjamin, Phil. Is that what you're saying? He's the new Miles Benjamin. Uh, there's, there's, he's not there yet. Not not quite. His <laughs> rooking is not quite that level yet. But his all-round play is exceptional. Mm, yeah, I, I think Ollie Wilberman is a fine, fine player. Um, just so you know, something which is on J- which is on JB's whiteboard is the England collapse of 2018. The col- oh, oh yes, yes, it's on the whiteboard. I, I'm going to stand yep. by it, and I think it's going to well, start the Six Nations with England finishing between well, four, third or fourth. Interesting. You know what? I think um, I, I I don't know how it how it plays out, but the the issue with not regarding the premiership to the extent that maybe we think we should so that when a gap opens up and bearing in mind um, Eddie Jones is probably using some of these spots just to have a look at guys mm. but it should be like you've earned the yeah. the right to be the next cab off the rank and if you if you don't follow through on that on that process which has been how that's been how sport works and how life works you kind of you work hard you get your just desserts um, if if you don't follow that, then it's I I just think you it's a potential it's creating a possible house of cards. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Now it it will be interesting to see just how many people Eddie Jones has had conversations with because mm. I remember him talking. Uh, so Eddie Jones talking about both Samisa Rockadaguni when he was scoring tries for fun last season and it didn't get called up, and Don Arman previously when he's not been called up. And he said he had conversations with both of them about what they need to do to get in the squad. So I do kind of wonder, I'm assuming that he is managing these players, but how far, how wide a pool of players do you have to manage? Because if, if you've got a 34-man squad yeah. and there's half a dozen guys who are injured who've been pre- in previous squads, and then there's these guys... It could be another 10. You're not managing 50 players. Yeah, I don't want to go over the same ground again. I I feel I am going to. But like, how does he have the conversation in good faith with Don Armand after picking Gary Graham? Yeah, that... uh, Very good point. And by the way, I wish Gary Graham all the luck in the world. I hope he has a stormer. club teammate Mark Wilson. Yeah, Mark Wilson. There you go. Mark Wilson, for the past three seasons, probably, has been one of the standout players. Did Did he say... Call me up that Newcastle number seven. <laughs> Go to the European Cup game. Pick me that seven. <laughs> That's it. That's what happened. Um, now, last last but not least, not and we can end this on a bit of a high note. A big congratulations to Beno Abano, who does deserve it. Yeah, he's a solid player. Yeah, he's from what I've seen of him, he is a decent, decent player. And there are like loose head prop. They've got options. Mm. There's several players in Exeter they could pick. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they get... could basically take all three Exeter loose heads. Yeah. Um, you've got Matt Mullen, who's been a consistently good player. You've got... Brilliant player. Uh, the Sale loose head. Uh, Harrison. Harrison. Do you know what? I think Harrison, right, would be perfect to play at Exeter. If they could ever get get their, hand, their, their hands on him, which they won't because they'll sign him up for a long, long time, will Sale... He would be the ideal guy to fit into that extra rotation. I always think that works hard. Yeah, the the only well, I guess he could work even harder uh, extra because he wouldn't have to play eighty minutes every week. Yeah, 
It'd be yeah. He, he does eighty minutes every week, which is bloody impressive. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And you got Mako in in that mix. You got Sinks, who I no Sinks Sinks is tighter, isn't he? You got Marla. Oh, yes, yes, Marla. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Um, yeah, their their loose head options are just they're absolutely stacked. Genji, who's injured. So, in, I think it was apparently in um, like about 2001 when Josh Lucy, or 2002, when Josh Lucy first came into the England squad, Clive Woodward, after a training session, made Josh Lucy take his top off and yeah. stand in the changing room. And, he, and, and Clive Woodward apparently said to his guys, that's what a professional athlete should look like. That, that's what you need to aspire to. Maybe he's doing that with Beno Urbano. He's just saying to the, to the lads, get on the squat rack. That's what you need to look like. Wouldn't he just well, call up Max Lahifo? Max, Max Lahifo, Nick Autorak. Yeah. He's, he's got the wrong uh, bath prop. He's done, this, he's done it again. <laughs> he's made this made this mis- same mistake again. He needs to be more clear about who he wants. <laughs> he's, just, he's, just, he's literally just phoning it in. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, as we say... Eddie Jones keeps winning. He can do what he wants. And what the hell do we know? He's the he's the world rugby coach of the year. Absolutely um, right. The the one the one the, the positions I'm I'm most concerned about. Dan, he's only got two scrum halves in the squad, and Dan Robson. How Dan Robson does not make a 34 man squad, and as you mentioned, Phil, six injured players and ten maybe a ten additional players, and Dan Robson still can't get a look in. Yeah, is mind boggling. Do you know what I think is mind boggling? I say it every week. I think Danny Cipriani should be in the England team. I just do. Well, he's so good. So, Piers Francis is now out of the training camp with concussion, but I don't understand how Piers Francis is ahead of, well, Sippers, but his teammate Harry Malander. Yep. um, And probably a couple of others. All. This is why I think they're going off the rails, you know. All they need to do is win a World Cup in two years' time. That's all they need to do. Yeah. Right? That is Eddie's. Soul focus. He's even said, hasn't he? He's going to be leaving the job one day after their World Cup exit or triumph. Yeah, he's gone. So why on earth do you not go with Danny Cipriani? I just don't get it. And Robson. And why are you not picking the most seasoned, experienced guys? You only need you need them for two years. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, again, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into it. But is Joe Cocker a singer going to be a starting winger? No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. But on the Danny Cipriani front, that maybe there's other uh, elements. Yeah, what are you trying to say, mate? <laughs> not being nothing. I'm just, I'm just, just trying to spitball some potential ideas. Okay, <laughs> I might not be getting picked. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some reasons. Right, enough of England. Uh, yes, enough, enough of that. I'm going to give you some uh, alternative rugby New Year's honours that have been tweeted in just a few. Okay, and I'll give a few a bit, a bit later on. So obviously it. you saw Sam uh, Warburton got um, an order of the British Empire or, or what, what's the M? What's the M one? I don't know which uh, one he got. Member? He got member? One. Member of the British Now, when you it's, get that, does that mean you, that you've got to run part of the empire? Like you get a, <laughs> you know, like a, a small state in, uh, state in Kenya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, that, that's it. it well, it's, it's a relatively meaningless medal that, that reckon ultimately these days. But um, So we're going to give out some... Egg Chasers, relatively meaningless medals. Um, what, do you, what do you think of this one then? Um, so Ross Mather um, says, and following on from the England thing, we should award a special Egg Chasers cloak of invisibility to Dan Robson, who can't get Eddie Jones to notice him. Stacks up, certainly stacks up. Well, yeah. he, he could just he could just ask to borrow Sam Warburton's 
I'm sure he got a cloak of invisibility from one of the Super Rugby teams. <laughs> yes, he did, didn't he? <laughs> it definitely, um, alongside it? the spear and the, the sword and the drums. Anything to declare? A sword <laughs> and a spear? Uh, Invisi- invisibility yeah. cloak. But it's wrapped up in an invisibility cloak. <laughs> yeah, that's how he did it. Nick Monkey on Twitter at Rugby Podcast said, Manu Tuolangi for outstanding use of his employer's private healthcare. Yep. Yep. Yeah, right. making the most of that policy. Good, like Mike it. Turner. Uh, Mike Turner says, Will Greenwood for services to motivation. Uh, <laughs> I think mental health issues, perhaps. <laughs> Mind-altering party drugs. Donna Crow Callahan M- should get an MBE for acting. I, I, don't, like after talk- his, uh, I don't like talking about this. Yeah, it upset me so much. I thought, I, I thought much, much better of him. Yep. Oh, he went on the. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, ha- ha- hang on, just on Don- on Donica o- O'Callaghan. People saying the other day, oh, he went on the opposition bus or the uh, uh, Worcester team bus to thank all the supporters. Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember the week before he was pretending to be concussed when concussions are <laughs> a fairly serious I- issue in order to get someone else yellow carded or worse. So he's very much still in the bad box. Sorry. Uh, Ricky Jones said Nick Easter for, should get uh, some kind of award for services to the tri-count of every other premiership team. I like that one. That was my <laughs> personal favourite, actually. <laughs> uh, the Ridgeway Company, Gloucester, for outstanding services to rugby in 2019. And then... <laughs> 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 Very good. Complete, complete Toffee tweeted, For once, boys, are you actually going to commit to something? Is this Gloucester's year? Well... Shall we move on to Gloucester's year? Maybe. Next, Maybe next. next year. Shall we talk about Glo- Gloucester's game? Yeah. So I watched the whole thing on a well-known betting website. Won't mention them. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, this, this links in perfectly to what you're about to do, JB. So AJ Olver says, um, I want to award an, uh, something to JB for his services to sale sharks. Oh, thank um, you. And, and Rich Bienaz said JB for services to Steve Diamond. So, um, <laughs> Look, it's just the nearest hey, club. On, it just, should be JB for services to bona fide journalism. Yeah, to being bona fide media. How did that work out for yeah. you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so, uh, yeah, watch, watch the whole game. Uh, let's talk about Gloucester for a second. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it, because when you watch them, yes, they're winning. And I don't know if you, you get the sense. It feels like at any time this whole thing is just <laughs> going to collapse. They don't feel like a stable side in any way. Well, the axis of... 12 trees and burns who knew can be brilliant but can also be yeah, um, a bit flaky and they're all kind of the same sort of players aren't they i mean you've got atkinson you've got simmons they're both mercurial big offloading centers um you know burns is pretty pretty tricky uh you know then you've got trinder who's kind of mercurial too they've all they're all a little bit special but a little bit flawed is what i'm try- trying to get <laughs> at and that's sort of their team across well across the entire selection. And when you watch them play, it's like, oh, they're going to concede, they're going to concede, they do concede, then they score again. And, and like that game against Wasps is kind of how I... I think that's the most accurate interpretation of, of this Gloucester side, which is very exciting. And they are playing everything that they see. But I don't know how long it can last. Yeah. Now, they, they are. They f- seem to have sorted out a lot of their pack issues. Now, I've not seen this game, so I can't yeah, yeah. comment on this no, they've, game. They've but, been good. They've, they've been yeah. really good. Yeah, their pack has been working well from what I've seen. So. I, I love their back row. I, I really love uh, 
uh, Pledre. I like um, who's the young lad who Ludlow. Oh, no, no, not not Ludlow, but I I love Freddie Ludlow. Clark. Freddie, Freddie Clark is, good. is the other one. Um, Ackerman is good. Will they even use Moriarty this season? When's he back fit? I don't know. Is he? Is he got concussion issues? No, I think it was. Was it not a shoulder thing? I'm not sure what the issue is with him physically. I just wonder if, from a team point of view, if they will use him because it's all got a bit messy with the PR and all rest and all rest of it. And that move to Dragons is well, it's somewhat contentious. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure we will see him. They don't. They don't need him because they've got no. good other options. L- by the way, uh, Lewis Lewis Ludlow. Whilst whilst we're on him. Uh, why is he not being considered for England? <laughs> I mean, he is really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, the the other part he, of... He didn't, ca- he didn't catch and pass and clean out a ruck in a really good try. <laughs> no, do you not? <laughs> the, it's fine uh, margins, isn't it? Yeah. In pro, uh, in pro sport. The one the one Newcastle try that Eddie Jones has watched on Instagram. <laughs> exactly right. Um, the other part of this game, of course, was Sale. Sale looked really, really good. They were leading for the, for a lot of the game. And I do think they are not far away from uh, turning around their h- miserable away form. And when they do... With, they... A, with, with a proper 10, it seems to make a difference. AJ McGinty has been playing very well for maybe six months, but very, very quietly. Same as um, as Byron McGuigan. I mean, those two boys around the squad are very highly respected. Uh, I think AJ started to kind of get the idea of the system sometime last, sometime last year. But since then, he's just been, you know... Onwards and upwards, uh, I, I think the selection of what's his name at fullback O'Connor, fullback O'Connor. Is really, really, really interesting. I don't know how much longer that will go for because of Haley. Well, m- partly because you've got to not play Haley. Yeah, and the other part of this is, of course, because O'Connor wants to play ten. Yeah. So you've got a guy who doesn't want to play there, being unhappy, making another guy who you really like unhappy. Yeah, it's yeah. a good point. It, I don't know how they're going to square that. Cer- circle and in other sales shocks news apparently they're linked with a South African second row whose name escapes me mm. but I don't like that that idea really well they do need another second row yeah but I've not seen George not George not all season yeah you know I'd like to see George not get, get more games but you know not- from a team on the rise possibly uh, and I would agree they, they're looking better and better uh, to I mean how how is oh, 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 oh. I'll finish a sentence. This is how abject Northampton were. I'm struggling to even speak. <laughs> I I would go. I would think that was even worse than their performance at Twickenham against Saracens. The first, oh yeah, wins. oh yeah. The first oh. half was it was a 32 minute uh, bonus point for Harlequins. Yeah, it was one way traffic. I... And Northampton. I mean, some of the tries they scored. There wasn't a Northampton player within. 30 yards of them I when they cross the whitewash. I'm kind of out of ideas now about what you do with Northampton. <sighs> it's not Alan Gaffney. Uh, did, did we speak about this last week? Uh, we did. Was it Or was it just Alan Solomons? Yeah, it was Alan Solomons. Oh, we did speak about Alan Solomons. So week. Alan Solomons is in, Alan Gaffney is in at Northampton. Oh, no, sorry, we didn't speak about that. Yeah, so he's now some sort of... Con- they might as well get Dean Gaffney in. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, uh, I tweeted out uh, during the Northampton game that probably it's best to sell sell sell, uh, sell the estate, burn the records, and salt and uh, and and salt the ground. I mean, <laughs> millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> it's not a bad option, yeah. given particularly that first half performance. I, I can't work it out. I mean, they're professional players. They're not playing like it. I mean, their no. defense is miserable. I mean, if you you you'd you think, wouldn't you? If you're gonna stake a claim to being a respectable team, you start with defense because it's bloody easy. It's easy, and it's the easiest way to show everyone around you that you actually care. Yeah, you actually give. Yeah, give two cents. So you know, if you don't score, but you know, you limit the other team to nine points. I think everyone says, do you know what? At least the lads are really digging in. But this is pathetic. I mean, it's actually pathetic. It wasn't great. Uh, and Quinn, Quinn's on the other hand. Quinn's looked magnificent. As, and that is as much down to Northampton being awful. As, so it's half down to that. But Quinn scored some brilliant tries. Some of their handling amongst the forward was exceptional. Uh, they've got their strongest front row out now. Yep. Um, having Marler and Sinclair back makes a massive difference. It does. To their set piece, to their carrying, to their interplay. Um, and the back line looked electric. They have got some really good pieces. And they all looked like that back line. So you have got some world class players, uh, world class guys. Everyone is looking world class in that back line. Yeah. And they really did get in against this dreadful Northampton team, but they all looked phenomenal. I, J- Jamie Roberts. I loved looked, watching Jamie Roberts. Looked it, brilliant. This was vintage Jamie Roberts. And, uh, in, that last, was it last minute tackle he made on, like last five minutes he made a tackle on, I think one of the Northampton scrum halves, either Reinach or the other bloke, Groom. And he just hammered him. I thought, oh, yeah. vintage, love it. Um, there, there was also the Roberts uh, Piers Francis head clash. People were calling for a yellow card there. It was it was just a rugby incident. It was a clash of heads. Yeah, which uh, which I is, agree with that. Which is one of the so the, it's one of the unfortunate consequences that we're seeing quite a lot with players going high, going yep. up, upright into tackles. Uh, it happened in the awful Toulouse Toulon game that I watched. Awful game. Um, two players, two of the absolute monsters went in upright and clashed heads blood everywhere there should be like do you know on escalators there is a certain code of conduct that you adhere to stand on the right walk on the left correct if you're running the ball right <laughs> your head should always be tilted to, to the, the left ra- oh, to the right yeah, yeah. yeah whichever well, it is yeah like that's just how how players players are trained catch the ball tilt your head to the left run the problem is like like driving on the wrong side of the road when you go over to the continent. Oh, can you imagine gonna, the carnage? It's going to be carnage. 
<laughs> yeah, when the French decide not to conform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we used to play that. Look, do you remember that, that chest bump game? Have you ever played that, Tim? Where you run at each other as hard as you can and, you, and then you <laughs> chest bump. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, um, yeah, it, it, in primary school, you used to do it initially with your arms crossed in front of you, like bumper cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you, and then the arms would come, as you got a bit older, and you, you know, the arms were a bit braver, the arms would come down and you'd do that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I was doing that also, when I was 26. Uh, also uh, <laughs> done widely by NFL wide receivers to yes. celebrate scoring a well, there is a there is kind of a uh, etiquette in that, which is heads to the left. <laughs> the same same principle. Uh, so, well done, Quinns is the summation. Northampton, get your act together. <laughs> I don't know what else I can say because there are so many faults. I can't identify which faults they need to address first. Other than, like you say, start off with defence and work work from there. I I, I don't know why they got rid of Jim Mullen though when they did. Because they didn't have anyone to come in after him. Yeah. They've kind of left an unqualified coaching staff to look after these lads. They've got someone coming in on a part-time basis, i.e. Gustard. It's making no difference. I, If they had a whole team of people ready to come in to take the reins, I'd say, yeah, get, you know, yeah. get, get rid. But they didn't. And I tell you what, every Northampton fan must be thinking, thank God we fired Alex King. <laughs> so The other... Other results this weekend. So, Newcastle beat London Irish 2015 um, at the Majeski, which the most important thing from this is it, I think I'm right in saying it creates a 10 point buffer for um, Worcester, in between Worcester and um, London Irish, because Worcester picked up a try bonus point yeah. away at Saracens. So, I thought actually. When these games would go, actually, no, on Northampton didn't it get a try bonus point, did they? No, no, so they were the biggest losers of the whole thing because everyone has got, albeit some ground, they have started to make up ground on Northampton, who's still plummeting. Yeah, Northampton stays still. London Irish are 13 points behind Northampton, they're 10 points behind Worcester. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, um, in that, in the Saracens Worcester game, don't want to talk about it for, for long because it was, it was a fairly routine win for Saracens. They look great. Some of the, the distribution by Owen Farrell was spectacular. Um, Worcester and Josh Adams. Did you see Josh Adams' try? The no, first try of the game? Was it amazing? It, so it was just a brilliant poacher's try. He, br- he shouldn't have scored it. He's a brilliant player. He showed real gas and got his, got himself the right side or the wrong side of Brad Barrett. Uh, and from he should never have scored that try, but he got himself into the right position. So he should be in. Gatland's next squad. Good God, Leicester Tigers are fourth from. That's bottom. only if Gatland pays attention to the to Premiership form. Maybe it counts for absolutely nothing. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. He, he's top try scorer in the league for a team that's not scoring a huge amount of tries. Um, well, they're they're doing well, but they're one of the lowest point scoring teams in the Premiership. It, in fact, they're second lowest uh, in terms of points scored in the Premiership. So I don't know how rugby academies work, but through my day job. I was speaking to someone who deals in pensions, and he does the pension for Liverpool Academy. Right, okay. Okay. So, Liverpool Academy have got a structure set up where they have all these kids, and if they make the first team, they get a bonus in in their pay packet. Yeah. This is offset, however, if they release anyone, and that player then makes an appearance in someone else in the league's first team, because they didn't spot that player. Ah, uh, okay. Now, Planethly are no mugs, 
I mean, they uh, sorry, Scarlets are no mugs. I still can't believe they let him go. I mean, I wonder what the glaring flaw was in his game, which they decided, hey, this guy's not good enough. Yeah, there must be something. Uh, I'm sure I don't watch, I don't watch enough of Worcester to have the opportunity to spot it. I've, I'm not. If it's there, I've not seen it. Maybe it's positional. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you'd have thought, particularly the way that Planetly play as well. This guy would be amazing yeah. for them. Yeah, he'd be brilliant for them. So if he, and by the way, if he does go back to Wales, it'll be Clonethley who get first pick, pick. Of, of him because ah, okay. it's his home region. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually a. Re- I think he'd be a reasonable target. He's yeah. not going to be too expensive. He's got no caps. You know, that's exactly the sort of player that they should be going after. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the one of the game of the weekend was a cracker on Friday night, which was Bath's wasps. Bath wasps. Yeah. That was a brilliant game. Uh, lots of tries for both teams. Uh, wasps sneaking it in the end. So five, uh, you five were points. you were completely wrong. No, I was completely right. No, you said four points, and I think five points is an absolute hiding. <laughs> so you said it's going to be a, cl- a close game. Four points. Uh, but, uh, wasps win. I said that will never happen. It's either going to be a hiding, or if it's close, it'll, it'll, it'll be won by <laughs> five points. Is a, monu- is a hiding monumental beatdown. <laughs> so uh, JB right I again. I'm possibly right in saying the last two weeks, Phil, you, uh, and I did change my mind on this week. So I said Bath initially, and then changed. Well, um, did you? My head and said what? Well, I think we've been we're twelve from twelve. You and I in the last two weeks. Hang on, I'm pretty sure you did go Bath, unless you changed last minute. I don't know. I did. I did change to wasps. Oh, there you are. But, uh, uh, I think we're 12 out of 12, Phil. Standard. Standard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had Wasps by a bonus point. Well, they did get a bonus point, but like, you know. By a more, more. Than, more than, yeah. I think 20 points was what I was thinking. And midway through the first half, I, I thought this is a good, pretty good bet. <sighs> yeah, I, I like Bath. I, I like how Todd Blackadder makes them play together. I just think their playing staff is just not up to it. And all the things I was saying last week about you can chip away at this squad over and over again and eventually it's going to crumble just came, came to fruition, really. Yeah. They do have a... They do seem to have a knack of... Um, for every... In every three players that they that they bring in, they manage to make one of them continue to be brilliant or build on their brilliance mm. and one of them a bit meh and one of them just fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, where, where do you put Henry Thomas in that in that continuum? Well, he's, oh, he's in the England squad again. He is in. He is back in the England, England squad. England's Henry Thomas. That, that's that's the boy. But I've not seen enough of him since he's come back from injury. So I saw him briefly. I don't. Think I, don't he, I don't know. I didn't think he looked answer. particularly good at scrimmaging. Yeah, hard to say. I've not. Yeah, not enough game tape since his return. And it was. I think I'm right in saying it was crucial. So what was it? Yeah, the thing is like, so a bad injury for a prop. As a ball-playing prop, there is no one better in the Premiership. Well, there was oh, no one better. Sing- Sinclair. No Got to be Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Sinclair yeah. play He's the ball good. that well? Yeah. yeah. Tell you who was... Sinclair. Did you not see... The his, his, late, his late, late lift to set through... Uh, who was it for the Dave, try? Dave Ward. Yeah. Dave Ward, Dave Ward. Sc- scorched in from 35 yards. I tell you what who... Is it about- what is about Harlequins and men with T-Rex arms? Amazing, eh? <laughs> I tell you who was playing the ball really nicely. I don't know if you noticed. I know he's a loose head, but Cy McIntyre took the ball a couple of times to the line and then... Out the back. Yeah, really, really nice. Mm. Copying uh, Kyle and Danny. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And Kyle Eastman in maybe the most Kyle Eastman move. The, the most Kyle Eastman move 
is not round is an outrageous sidestep. The second most Kyle Eastman move is to pull up injured in the warm up. <laughs> Devastated not to see him play. But right. his, his replacement had a bloody good game. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I didn't see the Channel Five coverage of the Harlequins match. <laughs> so, did you see it on Channel Five? I did. Uh, I didn't. I did. I watched it with keen interest. What What did you think of Channel Five <laughs> and their well and their Premiership rugby coverage? First, first and foremost, I think they had some of the best people. Um, Full stop. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Durden Smith. I really, I, you know, I, I don't know if you know this. I really like Dave Flatman too. I don't know if I mentioned that <laughs> before. I think that they're absolutely great. I thought Sam Quack was a really good addition, but did you see the interview Sam Quack gave with um, Foden? No, I'm not seen. I'm not um, seen any of it. I, I've heard. I've heard. Right. So th- my initial take on this right was. Two people trying to work out who was more attractive to the other person. <laughs> it, was, it was like, hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? And it's like, it was just really <laughs> weird. Was it about Christmas presents? Uh, I, do you know what? I can't even remember. I, I, just felt, I just felt really awkward. Like, I shouldn't really be in this conversation. <laughs> this is... This is <laughs> yeah, uh, and... Yeah, uh, I I just think it's going to take some time to uh, to adjust, and it's weird because she kind of came up to Foden and then his eyes light up, and it's just odd, <laughs> you know. No, have I... you seen? Uh, obviously, obviously, um, just for research purposes, I have to understand the back, you know. So I I happen to I've seen a picture of uh, Ben Foden's missus, but she was in a in a girl band back in the day. Yes, have you she seen was. Her? Uh, yeah, yeah I've, U- I've seen her singing on uh, Una Healy on, on YouTube. Um, yeah so I'm sure Ben Foden's eyes light up every day (laughs) something like that mate something like that Uh, why have you got anything else to add to this Tim it sounds like like you want to I was was genuinely curious yeah no I I thought it was really good Um, I love the idea of a couple of games a year being on terrestrial TV it's exactly what sport needs I think they have I think a lot of sports have overlooked the terrestrial market for far too long and that's exactly the kind of coverage that the game needs. So all for it. Thought in general they did a great, um, a great job. And I thought Sam Quack was really good. I hope to see it on a lot more broadcasts. Actually, mm. yeah. Not, but can I just say to him, not not as good as you. <laughs> of course, standard. <laughs> um, right. Is there anything else to go over this week? Oh, well, there's all the derby matches in the Pro 14. Your yeah. Ulster. What's going on? What's going on? Ulster won a game. I know. Incredible. Uh, and they were 17-0 down until the uh, Sam Arnold red card for a high shot uh, on Leo Leofano. Um I, I don't know. I don't know. Ulster were threatening by the time of the red card, so I think the tide would have turned perhaps not as much as it ultimately did. But it's, it's a good win. E- even, even with... Um, 14 men beating Munster is good because they don't play the most expansive game anyway certainly not in the conditions that we had um, it was today earlier today um, so it's still a very good performance to get the win So I'm curious and I have no facts in front of me so we can have a look but I'm curious to know bearing in mind it was, it's, it's, this is the big derby games what the attendances were for the Pro 14 no Matt. idea. No idea. In the last regions, I'm going to have a look, see if I can find out. 
Um, because the yeah, Leinster, as we just this evening, it's nice having all the games spread over a number of it days. It is. So I, I love it. Hard for the players. Do you know what struck me is how much, I mean, rugby players obviously can't do this, but how much football players just get absolutely battered over the Christmas period. Oh, playing in every two days over the Christmas. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane. They have like four games in ten days. Yeah. You, you, you simply couldn't do it with rugby. I mean... If I was in charge, I'd make them do it for my own entertainment. Because <laughs> that's you would you would see the, the the standard of games dropping off a cliff. Or would you? Or would you see like the try tallies just going through the roof? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd be like do the end of a game of rugby league where everyone's so knackered that everyone's scoring left, right, and centre. It'd be like that. Well, they describe uh, playing an international. Uh, well, sorry. So Clive Woodward in 2003 described playing an international game of uh, rugby union as like being in a 60 mile an hour car crash. Uh, and I've, there is nothing that I've seen from the progression of players to suggest that a premiership game is any less than that. Uh, so you can't, playing every two days, you just cannot do it exactly. at, at that level. Uh, football is less strenuous though, so you can do it, but it's... It it will be difficult mentally getting up for each game. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do next? Shall we uh, do some predictions and go home? Or do, is there any pro twelve you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, no, I was, uh, the only thing I was just curious to see what the attendance was, but I'm struggling. I'm on a couple of different apps and I can't find it. Is yeah. it? I think this would have been a test. You've got no excuses for. It, this is this is the test. There's no possible excuse. There's no international rugby that's distracting from it. There's no um, issues with travel. I want to know how how into Pro 14 Rugby Welsh fans. Well, this particularly. this is um, traditionally where they get their biggest crowds. I know the crowds last year were fairly fairly substantial, but I don't know, mate. I I, I don't know. You uh, look it up in your own time. How's that? <laughs> fine, fine, good. Uh, right, should we do next week's predictions? Unless you want to talk about anything else. Oh. No. Next week, I think we can go for excellent. So, pro pro fourteen, uh, we have on Friday uh, two games: Edinburgh hosts the Southern Kings, and Scarlets host Dragons. Uh, Edinburgh hosts Southern Kings. So that's going to be two two home wins. Yeah. Yep, eleven and a half thousand were at the Arms Park. That's decent. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, because it's a similar number that were at Sandy Park. We've talked at length in the past many times about how much we love Exeter Chiefs. But can I say, I was I was in my car in the car park at about ten past five. Okay, you were, car- I was, you, you were carjacked. <laughs> yeah. I, I got into my car about ten past five. By half past five, I was getting to my sister-in-law's house in Exmouth, which is about 15, 15 miles away. Wow. Now, name me any other rugby club let alone Avicii Premiership Rugby Club, that could do that with with a full packed house, and it's an incredible, it's an incredible organisation in every single way. And just getting people in and out of the ground, are you listening, Sail Sharks? Is, is another. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! The new bridge is open, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So that's the one you can go from, like near the soccer dome. Yep. I, I travelled on it the first day it was open, just saying, <laughs> saying I had. Such a fun it's, boy. It's what? So I, I like infrastructure. Traffic, has, it, <laughs> has it completely solved the traffic issues overnight? 
Uh, yes, I think it has. I mean, it if, they didn't... Had, if they had a full house, so um, it, it would there'd be no queuing. I don't think they would. I mean, I'll just add this right. Um, there was still a queue on the M60 because people w- weren't actually aware that it was open. I mean, Sailor tried to publicise it, but it's just going to take time. And also, lots of people came up from Bath, so they're still going to go the traditional way. And when they work it out, it's going to be fine. It's a yeah, it's a great, great piece of infrastructure. Are you, are you trying to angle to be their new PR manager or something? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you what. I'm just telling you how it was. Because I'm yeah, I'm not sure that. So it it's used revolutionary. To, it used to. <laughs> it used to take you like an hour and a half to get in and an hour and a half to get out. Now, so by doubling the options, it might take 45 minutes to get in and 45 minutes to get no, out. So, one of the things... With half, that is with 50% of the attendance that they used to have as well, Phil. Uh, so yeah. 7,000 7, against Bath. It's not bad. Um, if if the tram gets extended out there, is the tram getting extended all the it way to the, to the AJ Bell? Um, it's going that yeah, way. I, they, there is some weird sort of order they've got to do this in order to make sure that the right people pay for it okay so you can't just say the tram is coming it's kind of got to go somewhere and somewhere else i i don't understand it i you know but yeah effectively it will be there in two years and so is what i think okay i know a couple well, that, of, i know a couple so, of so how about you wait until there's a tram line a bridge roads in and out and then you move to a ground well i mean <laughs> I we thought. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, but that, I tell you what, the new bridge, Tim. What? What a piece of infrastructure! It, it's like the hype, it's like the hyperloop, but more efficient. <laughs> Come on, then, Phil, crack on with those fixtures. Okay, JB's beloved Benetton. This on, yes, on, here we go. What on Saturday? Back to back wins, Benetton. One fifteen. They're hosting the Cheetahs. They're going to smash the Cheetahs. Cheetahs are a good side. Yeah, but Benetton are starting to fire. I mean, they <laughs> they did really well against Scarlets back to back. They they did too well against Scarlets. Uh, they've got two wins against Ze- uh, Zebra, uh, whoever they are, and uh, now <laughs> they're going to steamroll the Cheetahs. Hear me now, believe me later. And the squad's fit. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to predict that one. <laughs> uh, then Ospreys host Cardiff Blues at three fifteen, which home win. Um, Zebra hosts Gladstone. Glas- Glasgow. Glasgow. Like uh, Glasgow, which is going to be an away win. Leinster hosts Ulster, which is probably going to be a home win. Uh, By the way, five only five and a half thousand people turned out to Dragons. That's a bit. That's a bit of a. Dis- that's a bit of a shame. But anyway, yeah, not that surprising. Um, no. Did you see the Gavin Henson tweet out of interest? Oh, I did. I thought that was no. remarkable. So I, th- I think it was just a fan said because uh, Gavin Henson got completely dropped from the twenty-three. Um, a fan asked him the question on Twitter and said, um, "Kind of what happened?" And Gavin Henson said, "I've been told my uh, defence hasn't been physical enough. Um, it's something I'm working to try and improve, and I want to be back out there as soon as I can." Which was it's just remarkable because you never. I don't know. You you never get that kind of open honesty, particularly not on Twitter. So it, it was quite refreshing to see that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and actually, I I've always thought of him as a pretty good defender. Actually, yeah, Mate, but, a really good defender. But actually, so he he's he's been told that's why he's been dropped, and 
clearly it's something he needs to work on. Yeah, imagine if every player started putting the reasons that they got dropped or selected on Twitter. It'd be carnage. <laughs> Certainly some of the Eddie Jones reasons would be ridiculous. They are more likely, though, aren't they, to put out their weaknesses, weirdly enough. Like, we know why Don Armand isn't picked, and he kind of mentioned it. You know, no, we don't. Well, well, well no, I think Don Armand said. Eddie Jones We said. know what he said a couple of days before Eddie Jones. Uh, we, we know uh, what Eddie okay. Jones said a couple of days before Don Armand ran through heavy traffic for 80 minutes, scoring yeah. two tries against one of the best sides in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, um, so I, we know what Eddie Jones has said. Do you reckon that, that, it's, I, it still doesn't stack up for me, that. I reckon, right, we could save our listeners an awful lot of time. Well, not an awful lot of time. There is genuine market demand for this. We had a second podcast this week, and we just talk... And we make it weekly as well. We just talk about Don Armand and the reason that England <laughs> should pick him. We break down Don Armand's game, games each and every week. Yeah, every positive contribution <laughs> yeah. that he has in each game. Which will, oh, it'll be quite a long podcast, because yeah. there's a lot. Well, I mean, well, we just limit it, wouldn't we, to an hour and a half. Yeah. We could have done the same yeah. last year for Samisa Rokodaguni. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that for Friday. Uh, then Munster host Connacht at 7.45, late one, on Saturday, uh, which is probably going to be a home win. Yep, agreed. Then over to the Avicii. Okay. Uh, we start off on Friday night, Worcester hosting Bath, which I think will be an interesting game. Bath are still pretty uh, still pretty ferocious. A bit, there's a bit of, you know, we said there's a bit of dog, dog, uh, dog in them last week. Yeah, there is. There's a bit of injured dog in them now. <laughs> yeah, They're dangerous to be cornered. Uh, <laughs> they will win this, I believe, and they'll win it by five points. I think Worcester are missing, will miss John Lance as well. Oh, was he gone? Was he, he injured? He's injured, but is returning to Super Rugby. Mm. Who are they going to go with, Oliver? Or they went with Oliver on Saturday. Uh, hmm. It's it's an interesting choice because they've not got great options there. Do you know Oliver is Tom and Ben Curry's cousin? I didn't. Yeah, he is. Hmm. Beno Urbano is Maru Toji's cousin. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Facts flying ah. on everywhere. Yep, yeah, Bath by did, five. Did you know that Nick Kennedy's mum's an author? No. <laughs> did you know that uh, Luke Narraway's dad is a butcher? <laughs> did you know that Tommy Bow uh, did hurling? No, he hurling? He owned, Gaelic. No, no, he owns a, a line of shoes. He does own a line Yeah, he does own Bow's shoes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you don't know Tommy Bow's shoes? Yeah. I don't own a oh, pair yeah. yet. You haven't said that before, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, we've gone off track. Yeah, uh, Worcester v. Bath. This is great. No, go on. Worcester v. Bath. Uh, predictions, please. Worcester v. Bath. Bath by five. Bath. Yeah, give me Bath. Ooh. Yeah, Bath. Bath by five, I think, is probably going to be about right. I think there'll be a few tries, but it'll end up close. Then... Leicester host London Irish. This is Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock. Leicester looking to break their bad runner form. London Irish desperate for points. Oh, it's, 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 this is only going one way. It's um, Irish had to win that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Agreed. Leicester are losing, but they're still not a bad team. I mean, there's, yeah. you, see, you see them lose and you see them concede points, but you can see they're actually building towards something. I, I think Leicester hammer them. I think this could be, yeah. I think it's a more than two-try victory for Leicester. Yeah. Then, what will be interesting, Northampton, who are dreadful, uh, hosting Gloucester, who have been up and down, and 
Gloucester, who got absolutely hammered by Sale on the road earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Now, form would say Gloucester, but this could be a good game for Northampton to start turning things around. Yeah. The worry about Gloucester, as I mentioned before, is how brittle I, I perceive them to be. Yeah. This, yeah, I could, I could see Northampton doing this. But there again, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I can see Gloucester losing, <laughs> but I can't, can't see Northampton winning. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. That's a, so, give me Gloucester. Draw or Gloucester, or Gloucester. by... Do you know, the, the, if you're going to put money on a draw, this is the one. <laughs> or Gloucester by seven. Yeah. Yeah. Got to go Gloucester. Yeah. Then, uh, Sale Sharks, your beloved Sale Sharks, three o'clock, host Harlequins. No winner. I'm, yeah, I mean, they look very, very good on the weekend sale. And they're building, every week they're building. Harlequins looked pretty damn good as well. well, Twins, they're not in in southwest London. um, Should I tell you? Yeah, good point, Tim. Right, I'm assuming no one's listening now because it's the end of the podcast. So should I tell you the Achilles heel of how you beat Sale? Yes. You've got to play... Your scrum half has got to be better than Faf de Klerk. You've got to play better than Faf de Klerk. Well, Danny Kerr, I'm not saying he's better than Faf de Klerk. He is on the best form I, I've seen him for, Danny Kerr for five years. Danny is the only player that I've seen comfortably outperform Faf de Klerk on a field. Really? And, you know, last time, well, last time they went down to Stoop, it was you know, an absolute massacre. So I'll tell you what, they, what Quinns did well against Sale last time as well. They kicked very intelligently. Danny Kerr yeah. kicked from nine to Visser on Denny Solomona. Yeah, and absolutely brilliant. Those two were brilliant. Using that, that Bowden Barrett-style kick pass. I have genuinely never seen anyone play the game like Faf de Klerk plays with the enthusiasm <laughs> and the energy. But what Danny Kerr brings is he brings a lot of, a lot of his own enthusiasm, but he's just so smart. Yeah. That, that'll be the difference. So are you saying a Quinn's win? I'd say... The, sail at home. Yeah, sail at home. The most Quincy thing to do would be to follow up a brilliant, brilliant performance with an abject, disappointing one. Yes. I think Quinn's... I hate to say this. I think it's going to be Quinn's by five. Ooh. Then, two games on Sunday. First, we've got Newcastle hosting Exeter, which I can't see anything other than an Exeter win. It's a routine win. So, Exeter uh, have got 53 out of the last 55 points available at home. <laughs> so they've Is got that right. They've got try bonus points in every game apart from a solitary draw with Wasps last season. That's amazing. Did they not lose in the Premiership this this season? They, sorry, that is at home, at Sunday Park. No, no, I'm sure they've lost it at Sunday Park this season, didn't they? No, they, they lost to Not in the Premiership, in, against, against Leinster. Yeah. So we're all They've saying... taken maximum 30 points this season at home, and as Phil says, they've only dropped the one point in the calendar year. Do you know what I think is, is going to be an amazing game? Is when Exeter meet Leinster in the final of the European Cup. <laughs> that is going to be game of the century. <laughs> that would be, because Exeter, so they played them once at home, Hammered. lost, lost badly. Played them a second time, were winning for a lot of the game. They played them a third time. They're going to win. They're going to do it. They only get better. Now, final game. JB, get the music ready. Hang on, hang on. Wait there. We're not going to mess this up today. Ready? And with our proud betting sponsor, you can make some. 
Well done, Phil. Nailed it. <laughs> yep, Leo Vegas, they partner us. They love Rugby Union. We love Rugby Union. They are official sponsors of Leicester Tigers. And uh, is there any kind of code or anything that we use, Tim? I, I can't remember what this, what, what this bit is other than saying, yes, go to Leo yeah, Vegas. Yeah, They're yeah, great. Your smartphone, go to leovegas.com. Yeah, there you go. Let's break down this game. Final game of the week. Wasps. Yeah, yeah, Way, I've, got, I've got six minutes till uh, I have to uh, be out of here. So okay, perfect. We'll use every one of those six minutes. Yes. Well, you can carry on for longer if you want, but I'm off in six. Oh, hang on. Ah, yes. Um, so our Leo Vegas game of the week this week is Wasps hosting Saracens. Oh, over in there. Uh, right. So we've got a Saracens team still with no Billy, although he's on the comeback trail now, isn't he? He's been named in the England squad. Yeah. So they're obviously expecting him to be fit for at least some of the Six Nations. Yes. Um, which, so Billy, he came back for the last game of the last Six Nations. It does seem like it takes him a few games to get back into it because he wasn't the same Billy. Uh, and admittedly, the last game of the last Six Nations was that defeat to Ireland's very, very physical uh, Ireland pack and Ireland defence. Uh, led by Andy Farrell, who obviously knows the strengths and weaknesses of Billy. Exactly. But we don't expect he'll be playing in this game, I don't think. Uh, and neither will Nathan Hughes, but Wasps have got Nazim Carr, who is an excellent replacement. He is pretty good, isn't he? And they've got Guy Thompson off the bench as well, who's He's another well. pretty good replacement. Um, hmm, interesting. Uh, I'm not sure that the, bag, the bags of tricks that Wasps possess are good enough to outfox Saracens. That's mm. my initial thought. Wasps at home is important. And Saracens, they played well enough to beat Worcester comfortably. They didn't look... So they conceded four tries. Mm. They didn't look all themselves. They, they were very... Yeah. I mean, even against Leicester, they actually drew on on tries. It was the difference in kicking and penalties and, and discipline. Yeah. Now, I just think Wasps' lack of structure might be their undoing. And, you know, they scored freely. Okay, so here's basically how how it is. They can score freely, and that's great. They don't defend well, uh, as Bath pointed out, as many teams have pointed out. Sometimes they just don't don't defend at all. At all. So, providing... It has got better. It has got better. Uh, yes, it has. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Having said that, you're going to have to score a lot of points against Saracens in order for them to, you know, turn around and have their tails between their legs. I think Saracens will all, uh, will also score a bunch of points against them. They can start them with the ball, they can play a good tactical kicking game. Saracens have got an awful lot of ways to beat you, whereas Wasps only have one. And if Saracens can stop it, and I have no doubt that they are busy prepping for this with high-end accountancy software, <laughs> uh, to me it's going to be Saracens by eight. Saracens, yeah. So, give me wasps. Give me wasps by three points. Wasps by three points. Just. Tim, any re-raise? Uh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm hearing myself back. That's because uh, uh, my headphones are very close to the microphone. Oh, that, that will explain that one. Uh, wasps are at home... I think they're going to sneak it. Yeah, I've just got a funny feeling. 
I don't have that funny feeling. Although I do think Wasps look so much better than they did, you know, midway through the season. Well, not midway, midway through this part of the season, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, hmm. Yep, Saracen's huge, quite... Saracen's... Huge game. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Say it, mate. I said huge game. I cannot wait for it. Uh, are you going to work at any of these games, Tim? Not this weekend. Oh, no. I wonder if... I wonder if Sam Quack's going to take your role. <laughs> would, is she better? Hang on. Who would be better, Sam Quack at interviewing players or you at hockey? <laughs> All right, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Now. I'm, I'm going to build a, a feud between Sam Quack and, uh, and, Tim, and Tim Cocker. <laughs> Blood feud. Uh, uh She's she's great, and um, I'm sure she has lovely things to say about me as well. Uh, that's no, not no. what she said about you. <laughs> no, no comment. I, I've got to go. All right, right. Mate. cheers, Tim. Catch you later. At the boys play in a bit. Bye. Uh, well, Tim's gone, so I'll wrap this up. You can follow us on Instagram on the aforementioned address. Just go right to the beginning of the podcast and listen to it again, uh, or you can <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Follow us uh, on Facebook. Leave an iTunes review because they're brilliant. Do all those other things. It's uh, it's great. Thank you very much for listening. I will see you next week, Phil. You certainly will, Jay. Uh, until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.